Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Talk, big opinions, the panel. Well, New Zealand's massive week in golf continues. Stephen Alker with a one-shot lead going down the 18th over Jim Furyk to top off uh, performances uh, from Lydia Ko as well and, and Danny Lee fighting his way back it seems into the PGA Tour proper but uh, uh, it's the panel now we go to uh, with Jamie Wall and Sam Ackerman this morning we probably won't uh, talk too much golf here but uh, we will feature uh, some of the big performances over the weekend so uh, Jamie can I start with you and start with uh, with cricket perhaps um, there was uh, the, the talk of uh, the banana skin game against Afghanistan never ever eventuated uh, they look good, the Black Caps. They really do. Yeah, kia ora, guys. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, oh, just quickly on uh, Lydia Coast. She got 23 under. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, worth, worth a mention. But yeah, um, Black Caps, I, I, I never really thought this was going to be a, a banana skin game. I mean, this is a bit of a bit of an oxymoron anyway, saying something's a banana skin in advance, because if you can see a banana skin, it's not really a banana skin game. Um but I think that this Black Caps team, and this is a pretty well-worn narrative, has now become a team that you can just rely on to win games like this and, and get stuff out of the way. So when you see the draw and after they'd had that big win over India, you can you can really sit back and go, well, I have complete confidence in them getting this getting this done in, in, in the semi-finals, and, and they've done it, uh, which is great. And, you know, we talked last week about the influence of Gary Steed and the and the team that he's, he's, he's put together. But I, I think a massive thing that the, the Black Caps have been able to do is, is adjust to those conditions so quickly. I mean, there's obviously quite a lot of variation uh, in the pitches in terms of uh, what's its pace and, and what's its spin. And, 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 and the team, uh, the key guys that have needed to perform um, bowling-wise uh, have done so. so. And then, you know, getting back to that reliability um, factor is, <coughs> pardon me, uh, you know, you have guys like Cam Williams and Devin Conway who just come out and get the runs that you need no matter what the target is. So it's, it's shaping up to be a really interesting business end of the tournament. Really, really excited for it. Yeah, I, I am too, actually. Um, I've, I've got very positive thoughts about this, particularly England now. I've lost a couple of key players, so I, I think that's a, a major blow for them. Sam, uh, have, you, have you been watching any of the T20? And if you have, uh, do you rate us? 
Yeah, of course. The, the team, the team is, is, I think, Jamie, the word Jamie used being reliable is one that we haven't really thrown the black way, back its way over an extended period of time, but over the past 18 months, maybe even longer now, they, they have been that. Every time that we've braced ourselves for the uh, the usual disappointment, they, they've delivered and they keep going forward and forward and producing. And um, these games against the, the three uh, lesser lights of, the, of their pool were... Uh, scratchy, then solid, then clinical, and it's, this is how the Black Caps should be progressing through to the semi-finals. And you're talking about the, the best test team in the world, the uncrowned uh, co-champions of the 50-over game, and the, uh, the the team that can throw a spanner in the works for any team. So I think England will be worried about playing New Zealand, and that's a great situation that the Black Caps have played their way into. They can achieve anything uh, when they're when they're on song. Clearly, uh, the game against Pakistan showed they're not uh, they're not completely without uh, holes in their armour, but this, this is a good position to be in for a, uh, a format that can be swayed essentially by the toss or by, uh, by the conditions on any, any occasion. Sam, we tend to take uh, people for granted in this country without uh, bringing up uh, their qualities over a period of time, but how, how highly do you rate the leadership now? You, you talked about uh, where New Zealand sit in those various competitions, and the man at the helm is, uh, on the field has always been... Kane Williamson, uh, do we take him for granted? I mean, steady as you go, steady the ship, Kane. I think we didn't originally, but we have started to because he wants us to. <laughs> Kane Williamson would prefer if we never mentioned his name besides saying he had a good bat that time and then we talked about the rest of the team. That's the way he would like it. So it's quite hard to sing the guy's poetry when he keeps... He's got a stronger defence with the media as he does with uh, the best bowling attacks in the world. It's really hard to get anything past him. It's hard to make him uh, open up and provide something other than what he wants to uh, deliver. And, and with that, as part of his charm, uh, he is a consistent leader. He's a follow-me leader. He's not a ranter. He's not a raver, uh, but he, 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 he obviously inspires confidence in the rest of his team. And he's also got them to a situation now, we've seen with leaders of the Black Caps uh, among many New Zealand teams in the past, that if the leader doesn't perform, everybody else uh, gets the wobbles. But the team has the confidence that if it wasn't to be Kane, then it could be them or the guy behind them. And that's, the, that's what leadership is, instilling that sense of confidence through everybody, not just saying, I'll put you on my shoulders and take you with me. I can just update you um, for golf fans that Stephen Elka has won that tournament. Uh, he birdied the last hole to win it by two shots over Jim Furyk. So uh, that caps off a, a heck of a last six to seven weeks for Stephen Elka and a really uh, purple spot for New Zealand golf. Uh, Jamie, uh, your impressions of uh, Kane Williamson? I mean, uh, you trust him. You, he steadies the ship. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, I think uh, I think what Sam said kind of kind of summed it up, in, in that he prefers to let his bat do the do the talking, and and you really kind of can't argue with that because uh, he he more often than not does. Um, I, I think just in terms of taking him for granted, I I, I think in a cricket sense that, that it's not probably a it's probably not a bad thing in terms of like well this guy's going to come in, we can already put fifty runs next to his name. Uh, that, that's what you want out of a cricketer, you know. You, you want that consistency, that that ability to just be like, well, you're going to hold up one end, and, and by the end of the day, you're going to have those runs next to your name. So, I, I think that taking a guy like that for granted isn't isn't a bad thing because cricket's that sort of game where you kind of want to be taken for granted because you know that if you are, that means you're more often than not going to win a game. Okay, we're going to uh, take a break for the news. Uh, gentlemen, if you stay with us, come back with some rugby, the All Blacks, a little bit of league as well for you too, Sam. Big talk, big opinion.
Okay, we've uh, got Jamie Wall and Sam Ackerman uh, with us this morning. Uh, Jamie, the All Black performance, uh, where did it rate for you? What did we learn? Uh, who didn't impress you? Yeah, it didn't rate particularly highly uh, in terms of all the All Black tests I've ever watched. Uh, and you, you mentioned a little bit earlier on the show that you know it was the least uh, exciting test or the least looked forward to um, test of the calendar. And it really lived up to that... <laughs> that uh, expectation in the first 20 minutes because that would have to be probably the worst the All Blacks played uh, all year. Um, I think it's a bit it's a bit unfair to, to kind of pick out any guys that um, that played particularly badly because I, I feel like they just went out there with the wrong game plan and mindset. They tried to do what they did against the USA and, and you saw on that that they scored a try within the first, what, 30 seconds and they just kind of tried to do that again. And they ran into a team who has, in Italy, that, if nothing else, has to always do a lot of tackling. So they they, they didn't really earn the right uh, to, to play like that for the start. And um, we had a, had a bit of a chat with Dan Coles this morning on the All Blacks um, press conference, and he, he acknowledged that and also said that, you know, the fact that they just had to rely on their set piece to kind of reset and get going again uh, was... Was, was something that they kind of had to pull themselves together and say, like, right, well, we can't, we can't just run around these guys because they are actually probably a bit better than we thought they were going to be. And so uh, I think that, that in itself and that the fact that they kind of got the – shifted down a gear and got themselves going again was, was probably something that positive that can be taken out of it. Um, in terms of, like, what else went well, I mean, I remember Richard Mwanga's goal kicking was good. Uh, and the effect that the bench had when they came on, uh, I would say that it was against gas and disorganised Italy by that stage, who, you know, you have to remember, uh, were playing their first test of the year, so they were only going to be good for about 60 minutes anyway. Uh, mm. so, so that has to be taken into account. But I think that there's, there's a few guys out there that uh, who were out there on Sunday morning who, who probably played their last game for the year, uh, off the back of that performance um, and it's just a bit of a shame because Ian Foster had told us last week that he was going into that game with an open mind about who to select for these next important tests uh, and obviously I, I don't think any, anything that we saw on, on in that game probably changed his mind on any, any positions Yeah, oh, I tend to agree actually, I tend to agree, it was uh, underwhelming in a lot of areas to not score a point before the 28th minute was of uh, of great concern. Um, let's uh, focus, uh, Sam, on a little bit of uh, league news or non-news. Uh, how's the recruitment going at the Warriors, bearing in mind that uh, they let Peter O'Sullivan go about five minutes into it? Yeah, it's not uh, going anywhere visibly, is a short answer. I'm sure there's, uh, it's like a, a, a duck with a scum and steady on the top, but uh, going rapidly underneath. So obviously the roster for 2021 is uh, all but kind of locked in, but perhaps the, uh, the, um, the trial and train um, contract is for uh, Ash Taylor. So yeah. see how he goes, if he can earn himself a spot, and he could be a, a vital cog for uh, the season up. So that, that role for that season is already taken care of. But everybody's talking uh, about season um, 2023, essentially, because uh, that is uh, when the players are off contract now, uh, as of November 1st, the free agents uh, and can talk uh, off contract 
by the end of this uh, coming season, I should say, they can start talking about where they're going to be in 2023. With the introduction of the Dolphins uh, into the competition, that means there's a whole more uh, high, higher level of demand for players who've got experience uh, and talent along the way. Now, the Warriors are getting their names chucked in there with the uh, sort of high-name contenders, like they always do, talking about making a, a sizable offer for someone like uh, Joey Manu from the, uh, the Roosters. But uh, it's going to be a, a tough ask to get any of those guys uh, cross the line with A, the performance levels of the Warriors, B, the uncertainty of travel to and from New Zealand and otherwise if you're signing to come to move New Zealand for a new experience and move home are you going to be playing with them in that country when and where all those possibilities so it's a tough spot to sign from but when you've lost your uh, recruit, uh, recruitment guru uh, as well who has gone to the Dolphins uh, and we'll have a little bit inside training but for me the biggest concern is which Warriors players will be targeted to head in that direction as well from inside running hopefully he takes Matt Lodge with him his, uh, his son-in-law I'll, I'll be quite supportive of that but uh, aside from that there's not a lot happening. The squad's settled for next season and uh, I'm a little bit concerned about what is going to shake down for the future but it is they don't have a whole lot of uh, players off contract beyond next season compared to other teams so there won't be that level of movement and size of movement uh, they just need to make sure they start getting the right recruits because I don't think they're bringing that right for this, particularly uh, for the past 12 months. Yeah, interesting. Cameron George uh, seems to have his hands pretty full at the moment um, and uh, as you say, next year, um, okay, following year, who knows? Uh, who knows on a number of issues there. Uh, Jamie, um, next two weeks uh, of uh, rugby, All Black Rugby, will they define the year for you? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. And um, it's because of what I, uh, we've discussed a, a while back on the show when this tour was coming up about it's kind of feeling like a bit of a, this tour being a kind of a mini World Cup in that... Um, you know, you've had these incrementally intensity increased on... Uh, sorry, the intensity has been incrementally increased uh, over the past few weeks. OK, maybe the early game, not so much. But, you know, it, it kind of feels like the pool stage is over and now you're into the knockout um, stages. So I think it, it's quite a good foreshadowing of, of how this team would, would operate uh, in a World Cup and how they're... Also, just because they've been away for so long, how their senior leaders um, can sort of stand up and, and, and instill that confidence and motivation around these two games. Because Ireland, it's going to be a lot harder than I think a lot of people first thought. Um, watched the game yesterday mm. against Japan, and they were very, very impressive. Um, France, not so much against uh, a pretty plucky Argentinian team. Um, but, you know, they're going to be going to be two pretty, pretty big, tough games. So... I think that I think I think that you know in two weeks' time uh, we're going to be talking about you know if, if if they if they lose both, which is entirely possible, uh, we're going to be talking about whether Foster should be having a job anymore, which is a conversation that's always going to follow him around um, whenever there's going to be a play loss. So you know yeah, I, to answer your question, absolutely, this this is the season-defining moment for the All Blacks coming up. Can I ask you this question then, Jamie, uh, just to finish? Is, uh, should we ask me the same thing about Glenn Moore on the basis of what has happened uh, with the Black Ferns over the last fortnight? Yeah, great question uh, about that um, because that, it, 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 that was incredibly disappointing um, this morning. Uh, I, I was hoping for a bit of... I wasn't necessarily confident of a victory, but I was hoping for an improvement. But if anything, it looks like the Black Ferns have gone backwards and uh, that, um, and I think it's shining a light not just on this team's limitations, but also the limitations of the entire setup. Uh, whether 
it might feel like a little bit unfair to be blaming Glenn Moore on that, given that his his resources and lead-in time and what he has to work with is obviously nowhere near what you know a professional men's team um, would have. But these last two weeks have really shown just how far behind um, the Black Ferns have fallen. Uh, you know, after they've been the most dominant team in the game for you know their entire history. So, you know, something needs to massively change. Um, I don't know if Super Rugby Opaki is going to be enough. It's only four weeks long. Um, what do those players do after that After that competition's finished? Probably go back and play club rugby, which is another massive step backwards. Um, because And they need to put a plan in place for next year that's going to really up the intensity and up the professionalism of that team because otherwise they might as well just give England the World Cup right now. Yeah, I think you... I think it's spot on. It's been uh, disconcerting, I-, I think, as much as anything else. I-, I think everyone was quite looking forward to it, and I don't think France are going to do them any favours either. Gentlemen, thank you very much this morning. Uh, Jamie Wallen to Sam Ackerman for their contribution uh, on the panel.